98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive vows to rectify mistakes in society, singling out education, civil servants and the media for special attention. The Correctional Services Department says it's investigating allegations that protesters were abused at Pickock and the government unveils more details of its COVID-19 testing while the World Health Organization questions whether mass tests are effective. The Chief Executive, Carrie Lamb, says she'll spend the rest next year or two rectifying mistakes in society, including strengthening education and monitoring civil servants. As Priscilla Ng reports, she also urged the media to be more objective and impartial. Carrie Lam expressed relief that the national security law had restored peace to the city and brought back what she called the familiar Hong Kong. But in an interview with pro-Beijing Phoenix TV, she said she was heartbroken to see thousands of young people arrested for taking part in anti-government protests over the past year. She said moving forward, there was a need to strengthen students' knowledge of the country and more effort would be put towards boosting the education of parents because she believed it was wrong for them to attend rallies or violent protests with their children. The CE also highlighted the need to better monitor civil servants and adopt a zero-tolerance approach towards any anti-government behavior. Mrs. Lam also said there was room for media coverage to be more objective and fair. Meanwhile, the Journalists' Association says it's unfair for police to question reporters' professionalism and impartiality at a media briefing, as this may affect public opinion of the media. On Wednesday, Senior Superintendent Chan Tin Chu questioned why reporters didn't ask about an earlier mass protest on Hong Kong Island that took place on the same day as the Yunlong MTR attacks. But Association Chairman Chris Young said reporters' questions were in the public interest. Members of the public would like to know why the police did not take any action outside the village where there were hundreds of white persons holding things like the iron bars and all these things. And why not take action? Why not take a simple act of, say, registering their identity cards? So those are questions in the minds of the public that reporters ask the questions in the interest of the public. But the way the superintendent asks questions to reporters suggests that he thinks the media took the position and asked one but not the other. Reuters news agency says it's interviewed a handful of anti-government protesters who said they were abused at the Pickock Correctional Institution. Damon Pang reports. A 21-year-old man told Reuters he was beaten and humiliated by guards at the Pickock prison during his sentence for possessing a patrol bomb at an anti-government protest in October. Roy Jung said guards routinely slapped him, hit him with rulers and elbowed his spine. He also said he was targeted for a beating because he was one of six prisoners who sang the protest anthem Glory to Hong Kong. Mr. Zhang served an eight-month sentence until June and told Reuters he filed an official complaint about the beatings. In a letter seen by Reuters, the complaint's investigation unit said it was investigating. Reuters says four other protesters described similar abuse at Peck Oak. The Correctional Services Department told Reuters it was investigating the allegations made by the men. The government says there will be 141 locations across Hong Kong where the public can go for free COVID-19 testing. The scheme begins next Tuesday. The locations include public sports complexes and government schools. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nip, is in charge of the scheme and says people can book an appointment online from tomorrow morning. He says sample bottles won't contain personal information of those tested and the mainland laboratory conducting the tests will only see serial numbers on the bottles. 
The World Health Organization expert has cast doubt on the use of mass testing in the fight against the coronavirus. Hong Kong, it, it's, Hong Kong is offering tests to all 7 million residents with the help of mainland teams. But Dr Michael Ryan, the WHO's emergencies director, says that in general, targeted testing is key. Broad-based, population-based testing at this point in most countries is not, uh, is not really that useful. It, it absorbs uh, huge amounts of resources. Uh, and you have to have uh, a huge capacity to test in order to do that. So we need to focus on testing the right individuals. We need to focus on maximizing the testing of the clusters. And we need to focus on the quality of that testing and the speed of turnaround of that testing. And then what happens next? Testing is one thing. Testing is one part of the process. It's what happens when you test, how quick the result comes, how quick the investigation happens, and how quickly you can intervene to shut down chains of transmission. The government has relaxed some of its virus control measures from today, including allowing cinemas and beauty salons to open and people to eat in at restaurants until 9pm. Sports enthusiasts appreciated not having to wear face masks while doing strenuous exercise outdoors. The sports teacher, Stephanie, works out in Victoria Park in Causeway Bay three times a week and she says she had a hard time donning a mask during exercise. I think it's good that they've re uh, relaxed sorry, the uh, rule on wearing masks because I think one of the ways to, to fight the virus is to, to stay healthy and a lot of people here in Hong Kong like to be active and they like to be outside hiking and running and doing their exercise and I think rather than make it harder and make it more challenging on their health by wearing a mask now that they can probably increase their health by doing more exercise without a mask on. The prosecution has urged West Kowloon Court to convict next media founder Jimmy Lai of criminally intimidating a reporter from rival paper Oriental Daily. Lai is said to have told the reporter he'd mess him up after the reporter followed him around Victoria Park at the June 4th vigil. The prosecutor said in her final submission that Mr Lai had clearly threatened the reporter with physical injury. Any animosity between rival papers should not justify Mr Lai's action, she said. But the defence said the reporter was not a victim but had been actively seeking Mr Lai's conviction. The hearing continues. The Environmental Protection Department is warning that pollution may reach serious levels later today. It's recorded higher than normal levels since yesterday afternoon and it's forecast to continue for the next couple of days with light winds doing little to disperse the bad air. Amnesty International has called for an independent investigation into the role of Indian police during communal violence in Delhi six months ago. Here's the BBC's Yogita Lamai. The report is based on evidence gathered from scrutinising videos which appeared on social media and testimony from dozens of riot survivors, eyewitnesses, activists and lawyers. The Delhi police are yet to respond to the allegations. Earlier this year, the BBC had uncovered evidence that the police had acted alongside Hindu mobs and used excessive force against Muslims. Clashes between the two religious communities initially broke out over India's new citizenship law that critics say is anti-Muslim. Dozens were killed and hundreds injured. President Trump has formally accepted the Republican Party's nomination for a second term in office. He told a thousand strong audience on the South Lawn of the White House that he was brimming with confidence at the prospect of four more years in office. He asserted that a coronavirus vaccine would be produced before the end of the year and promised to rebuild the economy. In a new term as president, we will again build the greatest economy in history, quickly returning to full employment, soaring incomes, and record prosperity. We will defend America against all threats and protect America 
against all dangers. Earlier, Mr. Trump's Democratic Party rivals accused him of incompetence and failure. The Democrats' candidate, Joe Biden, accused the president of, re of refusing to acknowledge there was a racial justice problem in America. His running mate, Kamala Harris, said Mr. Trump's handling of the coronavirus outbreak had shown reckless disregard for people's lives. He never appreciated that a president swears an oath before God and country to protect America against threats seen and unseen. It's his duty. It's his obligation to protect us. And yet he has failed miserably. One of the most powerful storms ever to hit the United States, Hurricane Laura, has killed at least six people in the state of Louisiana. Four died after being struck by falling trees in neighboring Texas. The governor, Greg Abbott, said the state had dodged a bullet with a storm surge far smaller than forecast. President Trump said he was planning to visit the region in the coming days. We got a little bit lucky. It was very big, it was very powerful, but it passed quickly. And so everything's on schedule. We'll probably be going on Saturday or Sunday, and we'll be heading to Texas and Louisiana, and maybe an additional stop. Prosecutors in Wisconsin have presented more charges against a 17-year-old accused of murder after two people were shot dead following violent demonstrations in the city of Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse is also accused of recklessly endangering safety and possessing a dangerous weapon. Finance and cyber attacks have forced New Zealand stock exchange to temporarily halt trading on a fourth straight day with a company's I'm sorry with a country spy agency called in to help combat the security breaches. The bourse operator said it experienced connectivity issues which appear similar to those caused by severe cyber attacks from offshore. The disruption comes in the midst of company earnings season. Emma Hatton, a business reporter at Radio New Zealand, says the authorities have been tight-lipped about who or what is behind the attacks. We have heard no information from our government or from the stock exchange itself over any sort of speculation. We've had very little information from the agencies about what they're looking into. They're keeping everything very close to their chest. Our government has put our, our communication security bureau directly in touch with the NZX to work together on this, but there is no details that are being given at this stage due to the high security nature of it all. It is very hard to get any information at this stage on who is doing this and why. HSBC has raised this year's economic growth forecast for the mainland from 1.7 to 2.4% after seeing its post-virus economic recovery beating expectations. Analysts say private consumption across the border is likely to lag, but infrastructure and property investment will be able to drive GDP growth for the rest of the year. HSBC said the mainland could achieve 6.2% growth in the final quarter compared to the, last, the same period last year, which would be a return to levels seen before the outbreak. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.71 yen, the euro is 1 US dollar and 18 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 26 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 25,500, 218 points up on the previous close. Turnover stood at $81.9 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. 
The NBA says it's hopeful of resuming the playoffs despite players walking out for a second straight day in protest at the police shooting of Jacob Blake in the Wisconsin city of Kenosha near Milwaukee on Sunday. The Milwaukee Bucks led the protest on Wednesday with a boycott of their playoff game against the Orlando Magic. Three more games have been postponed today, including the conference semifinals opener between Toronto and Boston. Women's NBA player Renee Montgomery sat out the entire 2020 season in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. She says athletes have had enough. The NBA has everyone's attention now. You know, think about the pressure that it puts on on the police department now. The, all police that, that might have a culture of, of toxic behavior is sending a message that that's not acceptable anymore. And and. And the athletes are really leading the charge in trying to change the culture. The players' boycott in the NBA has prompted the NHL to suspend its playoff schedule for two days as players respond to calls for racial justice. Seven games were postponed in Major League Baseball a day after three games were called off. Nine NFL teams canceled practice. In golf, the BMW Championship teed off at Olympia Fields, less than 100 miles from Kenosha. The American player Cameron Champ wrote Jacob Blake BLM on his white shoe. In tennis, Naomi Osaka has agreed to play her Cincinnati Open semifinal match a day after saying she would withdraw from the event to continue the protests. Her agent has confirmed that she'll play Elise Mertens today. In Formula One, the six-time world champion Lewis Hamilton has ruled out a boycott of this weekend's Belgian Grand Prix. I don't know if really me doing anything here will particularly have any effect. We're in Belgium, we're not in the United States, and so um, I haven't spoken to anybody about it, but I am really proud of, of so many out there, and, and uh, I, stand, I do stand unified with them, trying to do what I can over here. Now to football, the Manchester United midfielder Paul Pogba will miss his next two games for France after testing positive for coronavirus. The 27-year-old will have to self-isolate for 14 days and will miss Saturday's Nations League game in Sweden in a home game against Croatia. France manager Didier Deschamps has called up the 17-year-old Ren midfielder Eduardo Camavinga as replacement. Pogba should be eligible for selection when United play their English Premier League opener on September 19th against Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive vows to rectify mistakes in society, singling out education, civil servants and the media for special attention. The Correctional Services Department says it's investigating allegations that protesters were abused at Pickock. And the government unveils more details of its COVID-19 testing, while the World Health Organization questions whether mass tests are effective. The news from RTHK. Digital TV broadcasting will be fully implemented soon. Tell your friends and relatives quickly. From December 1st, analog TV sets won't be able to receive free TV channels. Act quickly to add a set-top box or switch to a digital TV set. Eligible households in need can apply for the Community Care Fund Digital Television Assistance Program. Call 2922-9230 to learn more. Our hands often touch public items covered with viruses and bacteria. 
When we touch our eyes, nose or mouth, the pathogens can enter the body. Health is in our hands. To prevent infection, follow the seven hand cleaning steps. Rub hands for 20 seconds. Rinse thoroughly. Dry with a clean cloth or paper towel. If you can't wash your hands and they aren't visibly soiled, use an alcohol-based hand rub. What if our hands get dirty again? Clean them properly. R-T-H-K, radio free.